trauma. Do you want to discuss it? <laughs> or like I went up to another person and they were telling about their childhood and they were telling about how they moved around a lot. And I was like, oh, do you have a lot of commitment issues now as an adult? I, I think I'm also too honest, you know, like I think I'm way too honest when people ask me how I'm doing, I'll just say something like, oh, I want to throw myself out a window today, and they're like, oh, no, and I'm like, it's okay, I live on the first floor, <laughs> fine. My favorite drug is Molly, uh, Molly is my absolute favorite drug uh, for other people, I've personally never tried it. But people just get so nice when they're on Molly, you know. I get so many compliments that may or may not be true. <laughs> but when I'm having a bad week or when I'm, like, when my self-esteem is really low, I just text all my friends and I'm just like, who wants to do Molly? I want to watch. <laughs> I want compliments. <laughs> Someone was like, why don't you just do it, you know? Like, you'll be so much happier. And I was like, but I'm so happy when someone else is nice to me. Um, okay, I wrote some jokes last night at like 1 a.m., so we'll see how they go. Uh, I, have a, I have a boxing bag at home, so I started boxing for self-defense, uh, which means that if I got into a fight with someone, I would definitely win if they didn't move at all. Bonus if they're shaped like a boxing bag. Uh, I... I, I like it when men buy me flowers. Like, I'm not really typically into romantic gestures, but there's just something I love about a man buying flowers. Like, it just says that they have so much disposable income that they can buy me something with no functional purpose, and it's going to die in, like, two days. You know, I think that's pretty beautiful. Uh, I don't I don't drink a lot because I think I make enough dumb decisions sober, you know. And and like when men offer to buy me a drink, it's not that I want to reject them necessarily, but I just don't want to drink. Like I wish I could trade drinks for other stuff, you know, like a coupon. Like if they're like, "Can I buy you a drink?" I'll be like, "No," but how about fries instead? <laughs> We're not sharing. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love dirty talk. Like if, like I was once with a guy and he was like, "You're a little slut," and I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> I was like, "Do I look like I get laid often?" That's very nice of you to say. And he was like, you're ruining the moment. And I was like, but my self-esteem just really skyrocketed. <laughs> so that's nice. And he was like, I just want to humiliate you. And I was like, I stand on stage and talk to complete strangers. You can't. Not possible. Um, okay, I think that's all for me. Thank you. Keep your hands clapping for Denise Lee, everyone. Yay. It's a really fun show at the Condor. It really is fun. It's a cordless mic, so just talk to the people. They all want to laugh. They all want to laugh. Last week I took I, I took my I took my top off last week, but I killed. Before I mean I only took I only I only showed my tits for like two minutes, but out of ten you don't have to show your tits. I'm just saying I did because I it was fun, but but it were it but if the guy you'll do great as long as you talk to them and like make and you can make eye contact with them they want they want it. I'm telling you, they're in a strip club. They want it. They, you really. You'll be fine. You don't have to take. 
I only took my top off because it's the only appropriate place where I can take my top off. Your, I'm sorry, I always wanted to be a stripper, and now I'm 48. Uh, your, they talk to, it's Mike Evans Jr. Talk to him. It's a great show. It's really fun. It's a hella funny show. It was stacked last week. It was really fun. Put your hand, stacked, not just stacked with boo. It was like, it was, you know, full of people. <laughs> Fuck you guys. They're gross. I have no boobs. Your next comedian, uh, hey, he's, he's been coming back and forth and he's great. He's, um, welcome to the group, everybody. Uh, Mark. Paladic chicken in bit paladic something like that. I can't pronounce your last name. I'm sorry. Pal chick, like the friend of a small chicken. Thank you, Pam. I'm 72. Hey, but unlike you guys, I'm not old. I got plenty of energy. I walk my dog every day, twice a day for two hours. It'll only be an hour and a half, but you know that dog stops every 10 minutes. So I can pee. Ever since I started working remotely, I rarely know what day it is. You guys had that problem? Last Monday, I got up, I got dressed for church, and then I remember that's stupid. I don't go to church on Monday morning. I'm Jewish. I don't go to church at all. Yesterday, I was at the Fairmont Hotel downtown with my friend Zach. Looked out the window, and there's a homeless guy in a tent making a cappuccino. In a tent, the cappuccino maker. I mean, how much more bay bougie could you possibly be? My friend Zach says, wait, that's Mr. Kent. He's my son's English teacher. That's the best house he can, he can afford. Nah, that's not true. It's his parents' tent. When I, when I first asked out the woman that became my wife, she turned me down on a movie called A Man and a Woman. So two months later, I called her again. I'm not a quitter. She said yes. So I decided to really impress her and take her to a sequel, A Man and a Wife. When we walked into the State Theater, we were the only couple there. The other patrons were three men in trench coats with newspapers on their laps. Not a sequel. A porno. Several years later, and by the way, great first date. Se several years later, my oldest sons were six and eight. They loved Flash Gordon. So I decided to get them the sequel. Flash Gordon. Yeah, not a sequel, a porno. But look, it all worked out great. My wife and I have been together for more than 50 years. All three of my sons are married. Except I'm not allowed to ever pick out a movie. But I wonder, do you think my granddaughter would like Bambi 2 Behind the Bleachers? I think it's a sequel. I live in Washington, D.C., and I love it. Except, you know, it's getting way too expensive. You wouldn't believe what it costs these days to buy a politician. And they're not worth it. Both D.C. and Georgia have politicians that tweeted, the Jews control the weather. We haven't been able to control the weather since we left Egypt the first time. And let me tell you a little secret. If we really had that superpower, we'd just keep Manhattan a toasty 78 degrees. I hate the fact that just because I'm over 70, you all think that I'm old. That on the BART, pregnant women give me their seats. 
and that my only pickup line is help. I've fallen and I can't get up. Because you see, old age is an attitude, not a number. Well, unless you can push out your job because of your age like me, then it's a slow tumble. You lose your job, lose all sense of purpose. Before you know it, you are sitting in death's waiting room. Walnut Creek. I'm Mark Palchik. Thank you very much. Hey, Mark Palchik. Did you come all the way in from Walnut Creek in your Tesla? Look at you. Oh, that's so sweet. No, that's great. I just took the BART from Walnut Creek today because my rich friend took me on vacation this weekend. So yay for Walnut Creek people. And old yay, rich old dudes. Yay. Um, thanks for uh, doing the thing and staying alive, bro. 72. That's great. My mom is older than that. She didn't look good. Uh, you look great. Your next comedian, clap your hands together. He looks great. He drives a really cool motorcycle now. Uh, put your hands together for Colin Braun. Yay! Um, I don't want to sound pretentious, but that's just how I was raised. Uh, I got some mail for a previous tenant, and I wrote Return to Sender on it. And that made me think of that song by Elvis, Return to Sender. You guys, you guys know this song? If you're not familiar with the song, it's a very sweet song about a very sweet man. We can't take a very clear hint. Does anyone here have a fantasy football team? Sorry, um, I mean, does anyone else here have a football team fantasy? We all registered to vote. I hope everyone votes. Like any, uh, like any other self-respecting gay man, I am emphatically voting yes on D. And I'm voting no on E, because I have work in the morning. People will uh, lies, lies. Your table will be ready in five minutes. You look great today, or you had a great set. Someone asked me, I was drinking wine, better than you, and um, someone asked me if I prefer reds or whites, and obviously I prefer reds. Only Republicans prefer whites. <laughs> I'm going to do that one again. I apologize. I work in construction. I've been focused on my work. Uh, we're doing all this work with structural support, so I apologize if I'm a bit rusty. Um, why did the iron worker blush? Because his foreman made him erect. What's the best part about hooking up with foreman? There are four of them. If you're looking to get properly nailed, though, I recommend Union Carpenter. Guys, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have a messed up country, a fucked up system. A white man in my neighborhood killed eight homeless people. And our system is so broken that I still walk free. All right, I've, I've gotten some flack because apparently I've written a lot of jokes recently about killing homeless people. But I've also written a lot of jokes about killing myself, and I'm still here, terrorizing the neighborhood with my screams in the night. Recently got divorced, and uh, 
you know, a good relationship is like a sleeping bag. Familiar, warm, even when you're uh, but a bad relationship is like a homeless man's sleeping bag. You know there's shit in there. But until you've been in one, you have no idea. There's nothing to do but drink and masturbate. Thank you. Um, lastly, I went to uh, North Carolina recently. I went to a bar that had a lot of, like, growlers and things. A growler, you know, it's one of those big bottles. You know, a lot of, uh, uh, damn it, that I made. You know, you get like a 64-ounce big, big old bottle of uh, the uh, draft beer of your choosing. They also have crowlers, which is a growler, but it's a can. It's 32 ounces, uh, but in a can of the, of the draft beer of your choosing. And um, I have an idea for um, a howler. It's it's a 64-ounce bottle of the draft beer of your choosing, and when you open it up, it goes, ah! Um, and then there's... Then there's the brawler, which is um, it's a it's it's a growler, but it's in a it's in a plastic shopping bag. Uh, then there's the towler, which is 64 ounces of the draft beer of your choosing, uh, absorbed into a 36 by 48 beach towel that you wring out over a set of glasses as a party trick. And then there's the fowler, which is a turkey hollowed out and filled with 86 ounces of the draft beer of your choosing. And then there's the uh, prowler, which is a guy in a trench coat, and he will occasionally just pull out a can from one of the pockets and throw it at you, and it will be 12 ounces of the draft beer of your choosing. And then there's the valor, which is a Marine Corps veteran um, in a trench coat. Same guy as the prowler. Uh, his name is Keith. He works in the kitchen. Uh, then there's the trowler, which is a small garden shovel, which is filled with eight ounces of the uh, draft beer of your choosing. Then there's the flowler, which is a dozen roses um, cut at the stem in a vase with 28 ounces of the beer of your choosing. The roses will not last long. Um, and then there's the colon powler, which it's supposed to contain alcohol, but actually it turns out there was never any alcohol in there and a million Iraqis are dead. Um, and then there's the, the white powler, which is a regular growler, but it has this cute little pointy white hat on. And lastly, um, there's the Nowler, which is a growler, but it doesn't come with a lid, and you need to finish it before you leave. I hope you didn't drive. My name is Colin Braun. Thank you very much. Hey, Colin Braun, everyone. That was lovely. I actually had to, it's okay, I wiped tears off my face. That was beautiful. Your next comedian, clap your hands together for Kelly Evans. Hello, Mutiny Radio. How's it going? Uh, I am from Texas. Is anyone else here? Yeah. Unvaccinated? Nice. We got unvaxxed in the house. You know, I find a lot of people, uh, I got vaccinated, I think like all of you, because uh, I live in San Francisco, and I want you to like me. You know, I want to hang out at your party. Please, just invite me. That's what we were doing. I did zero research, all right? Make some noise if you did research. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Zero people. Yeah, I uh, I was first in line. I told them I was 65. I had zero kidneys. Put it in me. Fuck it, you know? Because I hadn't seen people in a fucking a year, all right? I needed to see people. There, I understand why people feel the need not to get vaccines, because they were seeing people all the time, you know? Except for their grandparents, because they died. They died, because they killed them. Um, all right, that's fun. Somebody's got a snack here. Um... Uh, all right, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot, lady, because, uh, you know, there have been people been talking about, like, corporate jobs, saying that we're all family, and I think that makes a lot of sense, because 
I hate my family. I do. So <laughs> every minute when I'm with them, I'm like, I sh I want to leave or poop or as much as long as possible. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just like I, I've been thinking like about that. And then, you know, the idea that like uh, people say mom is the hardest job in the world. And I just don't think it's really a job. You know, if I had to work a job where my success was contingent upon me loving people, <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, I'm going to fail this job. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm horrible at my job. You know what I do when I go to a job? I steal from that job. I sleep with my coworkers. You can't do that as a parent. You know, I'm just saying, don't fuck your kids. Is what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Um, I'm just saying there's only one way out of parenthood, all right? Death. That's it. You or them, you choose. You pick one. Um <laughs> Oh, here's something. Uh, I uh, my uh, uncle didn't want to get vaccinated, and uh, he now he blames every every possible ill in the world on somebody getting vaccinated. The other day we were, he's like Detroit Lions. They had to carry a guy off the field. He was vaccinated. I was like, <laughs> I was like, it was like he got his head smashed in by a linebacker. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that wasn't the vaccine, but I could be wrong. <laughs> He was like, man, you, you, our cousin, your cousin, he got vaccinated, and then he lost his job. He's been sick all the time. He lost all this weight. I'm like, he's on meth. What the fuck are you talking about? None of these are vaccine problems. He just repeats everything is the vaccine. He brings it up constantly. It's so fucking annoying. I had other family members who hesitated, but they at least got vaccinated. One guy, because The Rock did, but I feel like... I mean, I guess I get that. The Rock knows a lot about injections, you know? Um, yeah, vaccines, HGH, steroids, mostly. Uh, what'd you say? No, no, no. He's clearly on steroids. Holy shit. <laughs> Has anybody looked at The Rock recently? <laughs> He's 55 years old and 275 pounds of lean muscle mass. That is... I can't do that now, all right? Okay, well, not that we have the same genetics, but still, you get it. It's not because he's... Um, God, I forgot the island. Anyway, uh, what else was going to say? Oh, this is the other thing. You know, I'm curious uh, if how many of you would have got vaccinated as soon as possible if uh, Trump had the vaccine? Was that? Make some noise. Yeah, that. thank you. Yeah, a couple of people. Most of us probably wouldn't, right? We'd be like, it'd be named the Trunk vaccine. You'd have to get it injected in your pussy. That'd be the way to do it. Um, all right, that was a strong way to end. <laughs> thank you very much. Kelly Evans, everyone. Huzzah. All right, we have seven comedians left, and we're moving along. Your next comedian. I finally know who she is. Yay, put your hands together for Candy B. Steele. Woo! Hi. Hey. Hi. So this is I this is I this is I joke I just joke workshop but only the first people get the workshop but if you have notes for me just know this is really workshopping up here okay so take those notes give them to me I'm not afraid of you I was on my way this is not the joke or workshop in case you know I was just need to tell you this I was trying to park and <sighs> there was poop human clearly human poop in the only parking spot that I could find and I had to do this like calculation that was like, is it worth it to get human poop on the tires of my husband's Subaru? It's probably like 
Like, the, like it's already, the tires of the Subaru are already pretty gross. But I just think it's fucked up that I have to do that calculation. And then I'm sitting here and listening to all of the homeless, every single one of us has told a homeless joke so far. And I just want to mention, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, clap for yourself. You told homeless jokes. The scary one. That was the guy who told the scary homeless jokes, just so you guys know. Um, the, but, like, this is a solvable problem. We don't have to poop on streets. We uh, so this is just a PSA. That's all. This is not a joke. We don't have to poop on streets. This is a solvable. We don't have to have homeless people. It's a thing we fucking chose. Okay. Um, so you might be able to tell I've been suffering from mania lately. Um, and I and the way I know one of the ways I, I I've been it's really been kind of an adventure to figure out like when am I manic and when am I not manic? It feels like maybe all the time I'm manic. <laughs> And um, one of the ways I know when I'm manic is when I'm watching porn, I'm like, holy shit, this is a good script. These actors are fucking talented. And there's like social commentary. Ha there was like a threesome happening. And it was a white couple. And then a, a woman of color was like, I don't know, their nanny or something employed by them. And there was something that was, ha I don't know. I was definitely manic, right? Because that, ha has porn gotten better? Do I need to know about this? Because I used to be a playwright, and I didn't know that was like a path I could pursue. Not too late, though. Okay, here's another porn-related commentary. Um, my boyfriend, I hope he's not listening. My husband informed me that um, TikTok is now going to have like a, a porn section, and I am stoked. That, I mean, right? This is great news. This is technology giving us what we need. So if we can solve all our porn needs, we've got to be able to solve this shit on the street problem. I mean, let's talk to the TikTok people. Okay, these are the actual jokes. Yeah, I'm at, now I'm down, I'm down to the jokes I wanted to tell. Those were just the guys were talking. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, there's more. Um, poop on street, so many homeless jokes. The SF comedy scene is clearly traumatized. <laughs> Because all we can tell are come. Oh, I'm not even gonna get to my jokes, Pam. That's okay. That's okay. Um, okay. 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 Thank you. Get to the joke. The um, oh, but I just wanted to say, like, the reason that must be why you all repeat all your jokes every time you come up here is because you're so traumatized by the homelessness of San Francisco. That didn't kill. The San the comics don't like that. Um, okay. Here's the joke I'm trying to tell, which is something about. There's two of them. One of them. Both of them are about like white people coming to America and then indigenous people. And the first joke goes, <laughs> the first joke goes like they're translating shit and they're like, look, this is a pumpkin. And they're like, oh yeah, we call that pumpkin, but you know, in a different language. Oh, look, this is a shoe. And they're like, oh yeah, we call that shoe. And then they're doing, they're like, okay, and this is religion, what they do between the two. Like, like they're doing something like that. And then, the Native American people are like, oh, yeah, religion. We have sun. We have trees. And they're like, you don't get it. You, <laughs> you, guys, you guys don't get it. We'll teach you. That's such a shitty way to interact with people you just met. You're like, no, nah, I'm sorry. You don't understand what we're talking about. Okay, that's, so that's the one joke. And then the second joke, which is supposed to be connected, is that the Native Americans um, are actually didn't get, like, pushed off their land. They were, like, tired of the white people. And they just left. They were like, oh, God, these white people have this fucking scarcity mindset and they're hoarding everything, even though we live in this place where there is way more than we need. 
So fine, we'll just leave them because they keep taking our shit. And white people want to take that land too. And they're like, okay, fine. And they, they gave us gold. Gold shirts are nice. And then they come back and they're like, actually, we want that land later on <laughs> again. And they're like, there's only like 300 of you down. And they're like, and this time they give them green paper. <laughs> and they're like, you actually made this up. This is green paper. Sorry, Sam, thank you. Gotta yell at me, okay, thank you, bye. Hey, I didn't wanna yell, you candy bees deal, yay. I also learned a lot this week about the Washoe tribe. We'll have a good conversation about it, it'll be fun. They tried to help the, the Donner Party and the Donner Party shot at them. They were trying, the Washoe tribe was trying to give them a dead deer and they were like trying to help them because they knew they were starving and then the dumb white people shot at them. <laughs> anyway, the Donner Party didn't have to eat each other. They could have just listened to the fucking Indians. I mean, Native Americans. God, I'm so racist. Yeah, but just, it's, it's just ingrained in everything. Your next comedian, everybody put your hands together for Sam West. Yay! What's up, everybody? The social awkwardness of getting up too early to come to the stage is way worse than the potential bomb. Holy shit, I'm glad to be here. I was inside doing chores all goddamn day. All day. I know I have a drug problem because I can't do basic household chores anymore. But today I was trying to vacuum. I fucked it up. Headphones were so loud, didn't hear the vacuum was off the whole time. Like, fuck, man. I just gave my house a 47-minute belly rub. My dad and I are really close. Him and I, single father, real good father-son bond. He was always there for me. I remember one time I woke up and caught the monster under my bed masturbating. Did what any terrified child would do, called out for my dad. Dad, dad. He came so fast. I'm not into promiscuous hookups, you know? Like, I want the strings attached. Why only fuck puppets? I had to break it off with Pinocchio last week because he kept saying kinky shit during sex. He kept saying, I'm a real boy. My girlfriend and I wanted to get a dog, but we didn't think we were ready, so we adopted a highway. We had to put it down. It was horrible. Got run over by a car. <laughs> I'm down with progressivism, but I can't keep up with the acronyms, you know? Like, I was on on board with LGBTQ, right? POTUS, losing me a little bit. We used to just say the President of the United States, you know? GOTUS, I'm starting to fall off, you know? Like, all right, just the court is cool with me, you know? I really got lost, because we used to just say transgender Ukrainian people of color. No? Now it's Tupac. <laughs> My girlfriend, needs me to be more inclusive. So I started doing DIY projects. I like creative DIY. So I put a bunch of braille on my windows describing the view outside. And now my blinds feel included. <laughs> my parents broke up when I was little. My dad caught my mom cheating. And I think it's really dramatic to ruin a nice family over a board game. I'm losing my eyesight, losing it fast. I work on the computer. I stare at a screen all day. 
And that's how I know my porn addiction is getting really out of control. I'm very white, if you can't tell. From Vermont, which is northeast, about as far as you can get from San Francisco. Arizona. Darkest thing to come out of Vermont, grade A maple syrup. Statistically, Vermont is the whitest state. I think it goes back and forth with Maine. One family goes over the border to get their groceries. I think part of puberty growing up in such a white place is acting like you're not white. I'll put it that way. Like, hear me, hear me here, and I'm not saying this is, okay? When I was a freshman in high school, we all played basketball. We all had Vince Carter jerseys, Air Jordans. None of us could fucking dunk. We had one kid. His name was David. He was 6'11". He dunked it senior year. Whole town had an event, went crazy for him. All right, <laughs> I got it there. Thanks, everybody. Sam West, everyone. Wait, were you the kid dunking? Cause you're hella tall. And you can't. You can't. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I have no idea how tall people. He's not six eleven. Everybody, Sam West. Yay. Uh, your next comedian. We're moving right along. Clap your hands in a wild slappy like motion for Kava to sing. Yay. So, I don't do one-night stands anymore, okay? I, I had one one-night stand, uh, and it was my last. I met a guy at a bar. Uh, he was 34, um, and I was like, yes! I was 22, okay? So, I was like, yes, like, I found a sex sexpert. You know, anytime he was, like, close to finishing early, he would do a minute of Lamaze, you know? Like, I, I thought I hit the jackpot. Um, and then, so we go home together, and, um, you know, like, we're doing foreplay, and I don't know, having sex with him was like making a sandcastle because he's like thick, kept like slipping through my fingers. And it was, it was rough. Like, you, you know, I was just like, I was like, um, what, w what did I do? I was just, I was like working the dough. You know, I was like working the dough, working the dough, working the dough. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm tired. This is really hard. And so I eventually told, I mean, it's not hard, but I told him. I was like, look, dude, I really don't think it's working. Like, I've seen sourdough, sourdough starters, like, rise quicker than this. And he eventually was like, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I should tell you that I've been really stressed lately because my brother is, uh, has cancer. Oh. I knew this was too good to be true, you know? Like, like... He was 34. He was supposed to be a sexpert, you know, and he looked like a block of ice. And it turns out this chiseled, like, I'm cute. I'm not hot. And this guy, like, I know my place, you know. And, and this freaking chiseled block of ice was just looking to be held, you know. So I was kind of disappointed. Um, but it's okay. It's, it, it was fine. Um, also, by the laws of the one-night one stand, he could have said anything else. Like, it was the whiskey, <laughs> you know, or... I have no interest in you. Um, and I think any of those would have been preferred alternatives. Um, but we continued anyway. Like, he was like, he was like, oh, I, I feel bad. I feel like I killed the mood. And I was like, yes, cancer kind of has that effect. Um, and then he, like, tried to go down on me. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to be really bad. Because uh, it was like someone took a vacuum and, like, sucked out of, sucked all the optimism out of my pussy. Uh so I was like, oh, what do I do? Think of something sexy. Think of something sexy. I was like, oh, the first time that I got a library card. Like, yes. 
Um, and then I was like, okay, we got the faucet running. Um, and then he was like, okay, two fingers or three? And I was like, four. Where do you think I throw my library cards? And then, you know, like, it was, it was fine. It was okay. Like, after we were just, like, lying down together, you know, I, like, completely resigned. And I, I didn't want to be so judgmental. Um, I was like, so your brother, uh, does his dick work, <laughs> you know? Um, and then, uh, no, I obviously didn't say that. I wanted to be supportive. Uh, so he was, he was basically like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't, like, this is a lot that I'm dumping on you, and I feel like I haven't, like, like, I, you probably don't relate, and I was like, oh, I, I totally relate, you know, like, I've struggled too, uh, you know, if my mom, like, if, if I change my major one more time, my mom's gonna kill me, because, because I was 21, and he was 34, this is great, I'm just <laughs> rambling, <laughs> this is, this is a lot. Um, okay, <laughs> bye guys. Covetizing, everyone. That was like a time warp. I thought we were like, this was last night, and then you were 21. I was like, we're in a time warp, yeah! Doodaloo, doodaloo, doodaloo. It was fun. Everybody, covetizing, yay! We have a couple comedians left. Your next comedian, it's his first time here. Put your hands together for Jonathan Yang! Oh, th th that'd be nice. That would be, that's how these things work. So I'm pretty philosophical person. The other day I was thinking back about something my high school teacher, Mr. Simon, uh, told us, well, told me. We weren't in class. We were just in bed together. But he said, how many holes does a straw have? How many holes does a straw have? What do you guys think? Some say one, some say two. I don't know. I think it's one. Um, but there's a there's a healthy debate about it, and apparently we all came from organisms, mouth and anus. Call them manus animals, manus. Um, and the sea cucumber is a remaining ancestor of this manus. Um, you know, it's a pretty wonderful wondrous organism. They have, uh, there are other organisms live inside of its asshole. Because it's such a beautiful asshole that they just like live inside of it. I thought, why? Because uh, I'm pretty infatuated with holes, or one hole in particular. Um, I talk about them a lot. Um, and that is the asshole. But if it's if it's an asshole and a mouth, I, I, I just feel like it's one thing, you know? People are kind of grossed out when I say I love to eat asshole for hours. Uh, they're kind of grossed out by it, but, you know, if a straight guy comes up there and says he eats for hours, you guys would be so congratulatory. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not this crowd. Um, so, yeah, assholes, you know, gays really, really have a, uh, a whole culture around assholes, as you can imagine. Um, we call them bussies. They're boy pussies. Bussies. So, 
Yeah, I'm killing it today. Um, okay, what else? What else? What else? <laughs> oh, this is something that funny that happened. Um, probably not funny. Um, the security guard in my job today, I needed a, I needed, um, a temporary badge because I left mine at home and he's like, you know, Jonathan, I really want to ask you, how do you speak English so well? Like what? It's been a while since I've gotten semi-racist comments like that in San Francisco. And he was, you know, he was very genuine, so I didn't want to school him or anything. But, you know takes me back to my Chicago days. Like, people just assume you're supposed to sound a certain way. Uh, so, that's about it. That's all I had today. Thank you. Yay! Jonathan Yang doesn't sound like he's from Chicago. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Not even a little. He didn't even talk about deep dish pizza once. Uh, your next comedian, he's also new to the room. He, I don't know his last name, but put your hands together for Ali. Yay! <laughs> going on guys um i am new to san francisco yeah yeah um so like i love all the homeless talk because like that was like the first i got here i was like like dude this is the olympics of homeless people like they are like having fun out here like it's almost too fun to be homeless and they run the sh they run the city like i got in here and i saw you guys and i was like fuck they got the homeless they got the open mic like they're all Okay, but uh, kidding. <laughs> I'm from Michigan, all right, and uh, you know Michigan had like the whole ca like capital was overthrown by like, and uh, I'm pretty sure that was planned in a room that was just like that. <laughs> like, walked in here, I was like, all right, we're overthrowing some shit tonight, or someone's inciting a rally. Um, <laughs> no, this is a sick room. I really like this place. But anyways, I grew up Muslim, and I have a theory that it's more difficult to be a kid who's Muslim than an adult, because as a kid, you don't know what to believe, but as an adult, you kind of just, you, you believe what you believe, you, just, you know? Like, Monday to Friday, I was in school hanging out with all these white kids, and then Saturday, I go to religious school, and they teach me about how those same white kids are going to burn in hell one day. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, when I was a kid... 9-11 happened, and all over the news, Osama bin Laden. Went to find Osama bin Laden, like, Osama bin Laden's a bad guy, and I was like, and, like, I go to the mosque with my dad, and, like, the head guy comes out, and I'm like, fuck, I think we got him. <laughs> That's him right there. My dad's like, shut the fuck up. Please stop talking. <laughs> um, my dad, you know, uh, he taught me something recently. So, you guys ever meet an immigrant person who's, like, really into Trump it's it's odd right it's like it's like dude what um, but I think I get it now because you know my dad he's from India came here and he always hits me with the like you know he struggled so hard to get you to have like a successful life and you know do what you want all right yeah cool cool that fires me up so I was interviewing for a job the other day and uh, the head guy comes on he's like the executive it's the last interview or whatever He's this Indian dude from Bangalore, just like phoning in virtually, thicker Indian accent than my dad. And I'm like, Dad, you know that whole struggle step? Like, this guy completely skipped that. They're coming to our country. 
They're taking our jobs, Dad. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, I got one more. All right. Um, I have a pretty boring life. So when I use Instagram, I'm not really posting anything. I'm just kind of scrolling, which catches up to you after a while because it's like you're learning a lot about other people and they have no idea what the hell's going on in your life. Like I ran into my ex-girlfriend a few years ago in Chicago, and she was like, you're in Chicago? Like, since when? And I'm like, um, I'm pretty sure it was like a month after your family's trip to Italy last year. Uh, like, by the time you did that girls weekend in Vegas, like, we were all, I was all moved into Chicago, so. What's up? <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Thank you, guys. Yay, Ellie! Let your ex-girlfriend know she can stalk you by listening to you at www.mutinyradio.fm. Yay! Yeah, uh, your next comedian has been so patient. Put your hands together for Brett Harper Jennings. Yay! I should have been a better audience member. Um, I talked through all of your sets. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, oh, I'm really, um... I, uh, I'm nervous saying my name. Like, for a long time, I was, I thought, like... I don't know, like I was nervous I was pronouncing it wrong or like <laughs> I was like mumbling too much. And so um, I sometimes would just tell people my, ma my name is Tina. Um, and it's not, it's Brett. But <laughs> I would tell people it's Tina because it was easier. Uh, I was once at a party and I said uh, my name is Brett and the person I was talking to was like, got it. And then we walked over to a group of people and they were like, this is Brett. And everyone was like, Brad, that's a crazy name. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is. Um, I wanted to be like, I'm not Brad, you're Brad. You know, because that's like a mean thing to call other people. <laughs> like, I don't, you don't think of like how people are used to Brad. But anyway, I, and then um, I was talking to someone and they asked for my Instagram and I showed them and it was my real name, Brad. And they're like, that's not your name isn't Brett, it's Brett. And I was like, yeah, I just lied. And it was uncomfortable. Um, okay, kind of. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I was trying to make a hair appointment. And uh, you know when you haven't done something in a long time, you're like, oh, am I weird? Or is this a bad situation? Like, is the other person weird? Like, uh on the phone and I was like hi and the guy was like uh, uh hello like I'd like to make an appointment and he's like uh, okay uh that's okay uh I need to find a pen I was like okay and he's like um I'm gonna give you a number and you need to send pictures to this number I was like okay <laughs> so he sent a bunch of pictures of my hair to the number and he's like I think I'm getting my hair done next I really hope. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. Is that normal? Has anyone else ever had to send pictures? Hey, cool, cool. Fine. Um, great. Uh, I, um, when I was younger, uh, growing up, I wasn't allowed to have an opinion uh, unless I had, like, enough of a good reason to have that opinion. 
like uh, in elementary school, like people would ar- would always ask you, like, what's your favorite color? And I always was like, what are they playing at? You know, like what what are they trying to get me to admit? And um, and so I would pra- I was like, it's yellow, and uh, it's it's because it's bright. Because if I ever s- if my parents asked, they'd be like, why? And then I'd have to have a reason. Um, I don't know if this is funny or just sad. Uh, and <laughs> so I like I remember thinking really hard about it, and and I don't want to do the rest because it's not funny. Okay, thank you, Pam. One sec, let me try. Oh, oh no, I'm gonna try something else. Uh, okay, my parents are very supportive, though. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I my roommate made a bunch of cookies. She left them out for everyone. She said anyone can have any of the cookies. And I ate all of the cookies. And um, and then she sent this passive-aggressive text being like, whoever t- ate all the cookies, like, what I meant was you could have some, not all of them. And I told my mom, and she was like, well, what you need to do is go to a bakery, to buy some cookies for her, and you need to shove them up her ass. Because she sounds awful. <laughs> and I liked that that is something my mom said. Okay, thank you, guys. <laughs> If you want, I can make you some pot cookies, but don't tell her there's weed in them and it'll trip her shit out. I would never, I would never, I, everyone should always know when you're taking drugs. I'm sorry. I just advocated giving people drugs without consent. That's not cool. Don't do that. Always tell your mom when you're giving her weed cookies. Your next, is, has anyone seen Jason King? Okay, Kyle Morrissey's here. Everybody, Kyle Morrissey, yay! <laughs> Um, I started a new job recently, and I I hate how every time I start a new job, they make me watch the the sexual harassment training videos. Um, I mean they make everybody watch them, not just me. I didn't do anything, but it's mandatory. You know, I didn't no, I didn't like join my first Zoom meeting. Like, look how excited I am to be here. You know, I uh, I hate the sexual harassment training videos because. According to these videos, workplace representation has come such a long way. But every time they show the office pervert, they s- he still they always still suspiciously look a lot like me, like like a older, balder, more divorced version of me. And so now I'm kind of like invested in this guy. I'm kind of rooting for him. I I'm like, look, man, you have an office crush. That's fine. You didn't develop any healthy relationships in college, and so. And th- the only social life you have is at work, and and I want this guy, I want this guy to win. But then it, they al- he always goes and does something stupid. Like he'll say to the intern, like, "Hey, what's up, Melissa? I got a big deadline for you." And it's like, "Come on, man! I would never say that. At least try giving her a kiss or something." Uh, like, you know, I hate those videos. Um, they uh, they always, the the writing in them is so corny. Um. I, they kind of look like porn. <laughs> the 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 office sexual harassment training videos are as corny as the beginning of like a work porn video. It's it's I can't. It's like like one of them just looks like what the guy in the video would want thirty seconds after the first video. It's like that's just this is just an extension of what this guy is thinking in this video. It. How, where's that gonna go? Uh, I don't know. Um. I I think a uh, drug education was bad growing up. They y- you could never really convey 
why you should be concerned about drugs. You just had to go. I just had to go and find out myself. Like when I was in high school, my favorite show was The Simpsons. It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And then my freshman year of college, I tried acid, and then I never laughed at that show again. I never – something happened. I don't know what happened, but I tried watching it again, and, and every time I afterwards, I'd just be like, damn, maybe life is a cartoon. <laughs> life do be making you feel like you have four fingers sometimes. Uh, I, was, uh, I was coddled growing up. I – even back then, I, I, I knew it was bullshit. I wasn't buying it. Um, my, my parents would always say, like, you're the best son a parent could ever ask for. And even back then, I'd be like, do you have citations? Like, are, are other parents corroborating this? Because then that would make a difference. If, 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 if a friend's dad came up to me, it was just like, I love you. Like, that would... Then I'd be like, all right, maybe mom and dad are onto something. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they do know something about myself that I don't know yet. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, we can, yeah, we can give it a shot. Um. I uh, I'm creepy. Uh. Um. I don't li- like. I don't mind that part. It's how people categorize it. Like sometimes, uh, you know, just as like a weird fucking white dude with sallow cheekbones. Uh. You just get, you know, you get a lot of like, like, I get a lot of like, oh, mass shooter, and, and that's offensive to me. I, I got serial killer once, and I was like, that's more of a compliment. That, like, because at least you think I have relationships with people. Like, at least you think, like, I, got, I get the benefit of the doubt. Like, that dude, serial killers get invited to barbecues. I get invited to barbecues. Fuck you. <laughs> I bring my own chili. All right. Oh, that's the end of the whole mic, isn't it? <laughs> Yay, Kyle Morrissey! But it's not, it's not, it's not, because we're kind of holding time for Jason King, because Jason King is on his way. And so I'm just going to do one new joke in hopes that Jason King comes. But you can leave. But Jason King, I hope that Jason is coming, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell one more joke, and then we'll hopefully he comes. Yay. You don't have to. I know you guys all want to go to the Condor. It was really fun last week, and it really is fun. And you guys should go, and it's a great show. It really is. I totally understand. I'm just burning time for Jason King. I'm just gonna do like one new thing of material, and then if he doesn't show up, then I feel terrible for him. And then, he, are you going to Geary? Or do you want to take all the buses together? Okay, that's cool. So for the people that are still here, and this is exciting. I did. I was being very white lady, and I was hiking. I went on a hiking. Thank you. I did a very white thing, and my friend has Lululemon pants, and do you know why they cost $120? Cause you can't get a camel toe in them. That's the only reason why I spelunked that whole shit out. I was like, why does Lululemon cost so much money? Why would it be $120 for a pair of yoga pants? Please tell me. And now I know, no matter what position you're in, you have no camel toe. Lululemon pants make you look like you are a, a Grecian goddess. Uh, even if you're almost 50. It's amazing. Okay, so my friend is very rich, and she has Lululemon pants. He also has, like, a, a condo up at Donner Lake. So, of course, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to Donner Lake. We have to go to the museum. She's like, we're going on a hiking vacation. I'm like, yes, hiking. Every day we're going to go on a hike. 
and we're going to hike along the places where the people ate each other and died in the snow. Ha <laughs> ha, why didn't they eat? So this is my first question. Before I even learned about it, my questions, I was like, there's a lake there and there and there. In the winter, what happens to the fish? Nothing. You just have to ice fish. So the fish are under the lake. You've got to dig in, and then you fish for the fish. There's food. Also, ha <laughs> ha, pine nuts. There's pine cones everywhere. There's pine nuts that has fat. It has protein. There are pine nuts. So here's the thing. The dumb Americans are like, we got to get money. Here's the thing. Capitalism. Here's, this is my, okay. So these are all these, these are these fucking idiot capitalists. They're like, we want money. We have lots of money. I'm a cabinet maker. And we're the Donner Party. Woo. And they, okay. So the Donner Party was this one guy and he was like 60. He was old. He was doing like a cross trek thing. And they left from Illinois. They were the last tribe to leave. And they said, you might be leaving too late. I heard this winter's going to be a rough one. And they left anyway. And they're like, this is so easy. They were following the tracks, la, la, la. And then they're like, ooh, it's getting cold. We heard about this cutoff. Let's do this thing that's never been tried. These idiots that have no idea. The hubris of rich capitalists would have gone. We're taking our horses across the land. That, ha, ha, ha. And then they get to the mountains. And they're lifting their thing. Okay, it's so funny. So they get, they get to Donner Lake, which is so beautiful. And they built this monument, and it's like, so the snowdrifts that year were as high as where the bottom of the... <laughs> so there's all of these people from Illinois who have no idea how to... There was... Ha! Okay, this is the part of the joke. This is the joke that's so funny. This is the thing. So all these idiots, these capitalist idiots are like, we got to get gold! And they're trying to get there, and they're trying, and they're failing. They went the wrong way. They listened to this one guy. And then they got in a fight, and they kicked out this one guy, and they banished him. But then he got to Sutter's Fort on his own. He brought back the rescue party. Ha <laughs> ha! The guy they banned. Anyways, it's such a good story. But the best part of the story is that they were camping. They were living for that winter, and it's this lake where the Washoe Indians every year, the Native Americans, I'm such a dick, that's where they would, like, party every Summer, they would go up there and they would fish, they would have barbecues and parties, and they would fry their fish and they get all their stuff. They collect all their stuff and then they'd go down to the deserts during the winters and they just they were up there like ah, and some of them lived up there and they okay so the people are dying and they're scared and all this stuff's happening and they were like giving them rabbit flesh and like wild potatoes and like putting them in places and the white dummies are like what's this? Well, I guess we can eat this. So in the middle of the winter. They come to try to help the dumb white people, and they have a carcass. They've killed a deer for them, and they come up to the camp, and the white people shot at them, <laughs> trying to save them, <laughs> and they shot at them. I'm sorry. I hate America. I'm like, I would have been like, the watcher. I was like, you've got food. Are we buddies? Like, we could figure it out. We're going to hang out in the snow together. The pine nuts, there was all this... And so they came back in the middle of the winter to help them again to check it out because they just lived there or whatever. They're like, yeah, we live here in the winter. You know, we hunt the squirrels and the birds and stuff, whatever. We live here. We've saved all our nuts and we've got dried fish. Let's hang out and play cards or whatever. I don't know. They've been, they've been there for 2,000 years. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then the dumb white people are there and they're like. So uh, that's really, oh, they shot at them and then something else. Um, no, it's, uh, oh, they came back and they were like, oh shit, they're eating each other. These white people are super fucking evil. <laughs> and then they said, we're not messing with them ever again. Because they actually had to resort. 
that's the whole great they didn't have to resort to cannibalism anyway okay capitalism is bad and <laughs> thanks for trying thank you guys for waiting i'm uh, jason's not coming thanks for listening to my ted talk thank you that was yeah everybody we're all gonna go to geary club next probably thank you for being here you're the smarty pants person you come up with smart things we'll have to have interesting conversations and thank you all for being here and you're new and that's great ali you're the coolest and um so like you're indian but you're Pakistani or whatever, right? You were like, they did, we're, we're, we, I don't, who knows? They were like, hey, you were this, and now you're like, go this way. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, you tri What's it called? It's called generational trauma. <laughs> I'm so white that I'm like, I'm going to write a series of poems about the Native Americans, and I'm going to do land acknowledgments. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a book of poetry called Land Acknowledgments, and I'm going to research all of the Native American tribes that were in the areas that I've lived in in California, because I've only lived in California. So I'm going to take all the places I've lived, Danville over there with the Mount Diablo, Davis. I'm going to look in all the places of San Diego that I've lived in, and I'm going to take those tribes, I'm going to research those tribes, and then I'm going to write a land acknowledgement because I've lived where they were. I feel like as a white lady, it's my duty to like fucking be like, I know no one else is going to say like, I'm so sorry for taking your shit, bro, but like, I want to know about the tribes that lived here before me, that I'm stealing their fucking land, and they were eating all the nasturtiums and all the cool things. I don't know. I don't know. If we, like, give a nod to our ancestors, even if they weren't ours, like, I'm just, like, land acknowledgments. I'm so white. That's the thing that I feel guilty about bringing it up because I'm the white lady. I'm like, I'm the white lady. Talking about, like, the next will be like, oh, she's making headdresses out of, no, I'm not a, trying to appropriate anything. I'm trying to apologize. And reparations. For all the people and everything to be free, money is not real. Y'all at Geary Club. Here I have a new poetry collection on Amazon. Here's the title poem, The Shaman in the Library. Naked except for a loincloth, ritual scars and streaks of red clay, he attends the staff meeting. Full haircut, back straight, face fantastic. Why is he here? No one knows. Since the library opened, he's pushed the loaded book cart and replaced Suzanne Summers and Gwyneth Paltrow in the diet and exercise section. Trembling patrons pay late fees promptly when he stands by the circulation desk. A few parents complain their teenagers shadow him, chasing rumors of hallucinogenic ayahuasca vines hidden in the botany section. And after the singed carpet incident, management forbade cooking fires. No more fresh rabbit meat, only packets of microwave cassava. He pricks his fingertip at shift's end and fills out his timesheet with human blood. It's a good life. His employer provides health insurance and a retirement plan. But when the wild parrots come to strip fruit from nearby trees, he remembers the land of his birth, his vision quest, 
fasting to the point of death and how his spirit animal came to him. He remembers inhabiting the jaguar's body, its savage strength, and the power he gained, power to take life and heal. Free from culture and convention, he hunted at night, the heart-pounding chase, the taste of wild boar's blood. I was really just leaving the theater. I was just Colonel Blake. Henry. Yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Black Block, a novel about protest from Sanjuro, a sample. The walk from Union Square to the bar is a long way for a drink, so you want a few stopovers. You get warmed up at Lefty O'Doul's, an old-time tavern with memorabilia and a menu from another century. Then a Market Street dive to rub elbows with the hoi polloi. Next is a wholesome leather bar. The dark goth soundtrack is a refreshing change from the usual jukebox anthems but you must avert your eyes lest you observe gentlefolk in flagrante. That means fucking. Tonight, none of these places are open unless looters are broken in. The city is shut down because of the riots. Thank you. Find me at sandrorider.com and Black Block is on Amazon. www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco that's Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control go to subliminalsf.com now Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. October 9th through 16th, 2022.
The seventh annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming to you, San Francisco and beyond. So many venues this year. Atlas Cafe, Madame Racecar, The Bar on Dolores, El Rio, Baby Blues Barbecue, OMG, and the Alameda Comedy Club, as well as Emperor Norton's Boozeland and Mutiny Radio. 28 shows all week. Get your tickets at Eventbrite and for free on Sunday the 16th. It's a block party, part of the Phoenix Day block party. See you or livable city who brought you Sunday streets. We're going to have a block party. We're going to have the bacon, bacon food truck, art vendors, 40 comedians from all over the United States outside, ready to make you laugh. Please come out to the seventh annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival at eight different venues, October 9th through 16th, 2022. See you there. The National Lawyers Guild is dedicated to the need for basic change in the structure of our political and economic systems. They seek to unite lawyers, law students, legal workers, and jailhouse lawyers of America to function as an effective political and social force in the service of the people, to the end that human rights shall be regarded as more sacred than mere property interests. For more information about your legal rights, how to obtain legal assistance, or to donate, please contact the National Lawyers Guild at nlgsg.org. That's nlgsg.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And... Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor.
riding on a lark and peeing in the park. You can follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Hey, back once again, it's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, as you can tell from that fantastic theme song. It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hiya, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, I, I really wanted you to be on the show on <laughs> Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie with oh, Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Great. Glad to have you as a uh, guest once again. Yeah. Thank you very much. Glad. Happy to start the show off like this every week. Every week we are here on mutinyradio.fm. We are streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm. Join us. Listen to us first as we stream first every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know, you could kick back earlier in the afternoon or you could kick back later in the afternoon. What the fuck do I care? But we also are a podcast. So you don't even have to stream, although it would help. Yeah. Uh, it would help. God, how passive aggressive is that? We are at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Reason why we bring up the acronym up front. That's how you can find us on the podcast. And we have a fantastic YouTube channel with the same acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. We would love for you to listen to the podcast and watch the movie on YouTube at the same time. You could turn off the sound in the movie. Who gives a shit? Yeah, right. Listen Just to James what? Marsden. And, uh, yeah. So we are going to watch this movie. And usually these are movies I read about, had no access to, had to go by what the book said. But now they're on YouTube. So I don't have to search for it. I could just watch it. It's a miracle. Yeah. The whole fetish. I love fetishizing stuff. I have a collection of physical media right here looking at me back. Maybe I don't want to go for a search. Maybe I just want to see this movie, not read about it. Carl, what is this movie this week? Today we will watch a movie that doesn't quite fit with that description because you weren't young when it came out. No. Accidental Love 2015. Accidental Whoa. Love. Mm -hmm. Accidental Love 2015? Yeah, anything with the 20 kind of doesn't fit your, you know, I used to read about it as a kid. No, but I read about this on AV Club. Okay, so today the legacy Back, continues. Yeah, in 2006 I read about this. It was it was made in 2008, believe it or not. I read um, about it two years before it was made. <laughs> Call me a liar? <laughs> not to your face. Okay, so in the YouTube search engine, you put in accidental, which okay. is spelled like the word accidental, love, L-O-V-E, 2015. And the channel we like, Accidental Love 2015, is online movies. Oh, that's exactly what I like, online movies. Subscribe to the channel. It's very okay. descriptive to what is going on. We will be watching a movie. We'll be online. Online movies provides that service for you. So here's what we need you to do. We want you to find a device that has your YouTube on it. Go to their search engine. Type in Accidental Love 2015. You'll find a version hosted by online movies. Kind of redundant? Yes. Click the link, but hit pause 
Move your timer to zero, zero, zero. We want to watch this movie all at the same time. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With and you. Carl, Carl's kind of being modest every week. He's yeah. Guess. Maybe I need to stop that bit already. No. What? What? <laughs> what? Stop a bit? No. Beat it to death every week. Uh, yeah. Carl has written. Carl wrote the theme song. Carl has researched this movie. He's going to provide a. Uh, uh, guidance as we watch at the same time, and he's also spoken to a celebrity comedian I who have. is going to do a celebrity comedian countdown. And when the next celebrity comedian says go, press go. And it's actually going to be really interesting. I don't even have a chance to listen to it beforehand, but Carl has delved deep to this next comedian. The Carl, take it away. Me, yeah, this guy, this next guy's from Tibet. You're going to love him. We Tibet, New Jersey. Well, Tibet, which county? Bergen? It's Sussex County. Sussex County. Tibet, New Jersey. Okay, take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Cassidy O'Malley. Welcome, Cassidy. Now, you, my dear, are super new to comedy. I mean, it's been like two seconds, but tell me the story, how you got into it, how long ago, and what's up that made you want to do this? Okay, Carl. So I feel like you you've seen me at my my first spot, Scotty's. Uh-huh. I've seen you there from time to time. So as corny as it sounds, um, doing comedy was actually always in the back of my mind, like kind of corny, my little girl dream. Like my dad, he's a big comedy fan. He always like. We grew up, like, he showed me Monty Python, his favorite comedians, like, and my dad's hysterical, too, so it was always just, like, there, and my entire family, I mean, we're a big Irish family, we got alcoholics, we got everything, (laughs) we have a lot of big personalities in one room, to say the least, so, I mean, everyone's always cracking jokes, and... Yeah, I just never had, for lack of a better word, the cojones to mm-hmm. get up on stage. And then I graduated college, was kind of just in like a weird, it was still kind of COVID, kind of not, but I was just really itching to like do something that it's I was- really that recent, like 2021, 2022? This past December, it hasn't even been a year, Carl. Wow! And also, um, in the midst, I did that class at Scotty's. I'm kind of embarrassed to say. I know, like, comedians get shit on for, like, taking a comedy class. But Uh I just figured, I saw the sign. I was literally driving, saw the sign. I was like, you know what? This is my chance because I can do it in secret. I can get in there, see if I have any skill at this. And if I suck, no one will know, right? Uh I'm like, this is perfect. And did the class. Actually, the class was great, too. Like, I loved it. Chip Ambrosio we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Shout out, Chip. Great Mm -hmm. guy. We're doing a fundraiser there, too, September 22nd. He'll be hosting. So definitely come through if you're not busy. Um, So I did the class. And, like, literally from there on out, like, I was addicted. Like, I was like, let's do mics. Like, Let's go. Well, how were you at the showcase? How was the reaction to you at the showcase? Did you kill? Um, Pretty good. I didn't invite a single person, which I know that definitely made Chip um, and the rest of the class annoyed. But I was like, guys, like, I don't know what I'm doing. 
my biggest thing, even to this day, I'm super self-conscious, inviting friends and family. Like I enjoy, I'm sure you can relate. Like, I mean, I don't know. I enjoy performing for like strangers, like people Mm -hmm. I don't know. I find it kind of distracting when there are like your best friends per se in like the front row, which I mean, I love it. I want everyone to come, but like for me as a performer, it is kind of a little distracting. Can you Uh relate to that at all? Yeah, if you get nervous, you have yourself, you're distracted yeah. by the, um, uh, you're self-conscious. And when you get up there, it's like, if they're strangers, it kind of doesn't matter because they're not going to see you again. And they don't know who you are, so you could be anything for them. Exactly. All and Carl, I'm 24, like, I fucking love my friends, but, like, some people have never been to a comedy show in their life. You know what I mean? Like, I got to give the girls a little pep talk. Like, yo, like, no phones, no chatter, like, no, like no getting like absolutely wasted like you know what i mean yes i do sometimes me as like one a performer and two just kind of a micromanager i'm like ooh, it's a little added stress that Uh like adds to the stress of performing you know what was your major because i know you came from a place in which comedy was common in your household like was Mm -hmm. your major anything to do with like my major was basketball basketball so it was that's kind of performing my actual major was um oh i was a communications major which is like the classic that Um, is yeah but really i just was like kind of phoning it in in college i went to ithaca college like loved it there played Uh basketball and then even crazier carl also another secret i don't tell comics but it's out here now i have my mba uh-huh. Which is like crazy. I was actually working on a bit about this, but I do have my master's in entertainment and media management. So I feel yeah. like I'm very much so like kind of in a way utilizing a lot of the skills I got there now doing comedy, you know? So if you're 24, you must have graduated and gone straight into the master's immediately. Yeah, because it was did COVID. You... Uh huh. So did you do it online, I guess? Because. Yeah, so, um, we did actually they had it set up really nicely for us in which we could i was still in ithaca i decided to do it yeah basically even before i officially graduated because i was a marketing major and like i really figured out through internships and stuff that like i really did not like that world like it was Uh just kind of fucking corny in my eyes of just like i don't know like i wasn't into it i had two sort of internships and then I saw the entertainment and media management like option to get my master's. I'm like, that's for me because I love pop culture. I love entertainment, movies, TV. It is just, it's like what really does get me like excited to go and like learn about that kind of stuff. The marketing, like I said, I mean, in college, I was just kind of like, I'm a social butterfly at heart. Like I'm coming to class and just like chit chat, like what's up? Mm -hmm. And I mean, the communications major was great. It gave me like great public speaking skills, stuff like that. Um, But yeah, marketing, like I kind of like came to the conclusion. I'm like, I'm not that into this. (laughs) Yeah. So it wasn't because you're bullshitting people. That that isn't the reason it turned you off. I'm good at bullshitting. Uh Okay. You know that. Now, I was going to go on to ask you about 
how you're getting booked so much because I see you on Facebook and Instagram. Not Facebook. You really don't do Facebook. I see nah. you on Instagram and you're promoting the shows that are coming up with um, uh, what Mike Loro and um, I, I forget exactly. But but no how is it that you're getting booked so quickly? I mean, you do well at the open mics. Is that where people are giving you these offers? I think this honestly goes back to our previous point of bullshitting, Carl. Like, I feel like it looks like I'm getting booked left and right. <laughs> but, like, I only have, like, one show booked for September. Like, it's not that crazy. Uh -huh. It's not like I'm I, – I don't even have a consistent show every week. Like, okay. I mean, I wish I did. But, yeah, I think, like you were saying, I just kind of – have a bit more social media knowledge than the mm -hmm. average comic not like no disrespect to any mm -hmm. comics but like i am just 24 i was a marketing major i still feel like i'm pretty shitty at it but <laughs> so i just like post like whenever i do something i went on um, my first kind of pro date in charlotte because i did a show at the dojo mm -hmm. my friend gerard like gave me the sick opportunity so once again, it's like, I'm obviously going to post that because then people see it. It looks like I'm doing big things. Like that was my one time oh, being gosh. out of the Northeast mm -hmm. and like God knows when it'll happen again. But <laughs> yeah, it's all, it all goes back to like marketing yourself and like yeah. promoting, you know, I'm still like, I still struggle to cut clips to do all that shit. So I'm glad it looks like I'm killing like, it. Now, I want to get to this countdown. I know that's true, but still, I got to ask more. Where do you think you want to go with this? I mean, it's you're, you're, it's not even been a year, but now that you've gotten the feeling of doing set up, punch, everybody's out there. That's a room full of strangers. They're laughing. Where do you, where do you think you want to go? Where do you see yourself going? I don't mean in five years. I mean, like, what's your next step in comedy for you? What are you striving for? Well, I'm striving for everything. Carl, I want to do it all. I want to just really grind. I want it to be like, I'm still working. I mean, I don't know if you can tell by this backdrop. Like I am in like my, my childhood bedroom. Like I'm still at my dad's yeah. house once again. This is very understandable at 24 years old. Yes. No problem. But I am working on getting a place of my own in Jersey city. I've been going into the city more to do those spots. Um, yeah, I mean, in the immediate future, just want to book more shows, you know? Well, and like some people, like, they want to do a TV pilot. Some people want to do know. a webisode. It's, yeah. I, that's why I meant, where were you going? You want to be a booked, working comedian. I like to do stand-up, yeah. I do not have – well, also, I want to have a podcast as well. I mean, this is cool. First time doing, like, anyone's podcast. Wow. But. I want to have my podcast, but really my one love is like the stage and uh -huh. just sort of like keep writing, keep getting better. Like I said, I'm very new at this. So like every time I get on stage, I'm sure you can relate. Like I'm learning something new. I'm mm -hmm. finding like kind of my voice. I've been lately just more comfortable on stage where I'm a bit more unhinged. Like I do more crowd work. It like, still very green in terms of the industry and like I mean I just fucking love it so mm -hmm. I want to just keep doing it as much as possible and like keep getting booked you know now I bet you don't have a website but how can people find you out there on the internet out there on social media certainly Instagram you have TikTok how can people get in touch with you how can That's they check you out 
That's a great question, girl. And one, I am working on the website that will be fired up soon. Very nice. Um, past comedy on IG, TikTok. I'm not graded it. Once again, it's a little younger than my age. Chastity O'Mal, I believe, is my handle. Chastity. Chastity O'Mal. I think I'm meeting college. There's a lot of bullshit on there. Yeah. A lot of just like nothingness. But um. Yeah, you guys can find me on there. And Carl, hopefully I'll see you like at a mic or a show. Always. I mean, sure. We it rub was, elbows all the time. Thank you so much for having me. This is sick. And I, I will definitely like talk to you more um, about the back end of things, like when I see you next. Sounds perfect. Okay, now, Cassidy O'Malley. Everyone at home is poised to press play at the same time as we do here in the studio. We're going to watch this movie together. Okay, so why don't you go ahead, Cassidy O'Malley, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Hell yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy this movie. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, quite a snack, quite a <laughs> nice face to look at, right? All right, guys, enjoy the movie. I am going to do a countdown. Here we go. Three, two. One, go. Thank you, celebrity comedian. That was really cool, Carl. Thanks so much. Yeah, uh, thank you. We're going to start our movie from Mongrel Media. No, no, it's not. I mean, that's a promo thing. Yeah. Now, now we're seeing the real film. 50s film. I don't like this movie already. <laughs> well, when we open up, we're actually not watching this movie. We are watching B-roll footage from the film Mr. Deeds in 2002. Oh, the Adam Sandler movie? Yes. <laughs> a few years ago. I, I got a house. My name is Mr. Deeds. Now, this, is, they, this starts out in Indiana, the hometown of our heroine. But okay. really, this is New Milford, Connecticut. And it's B-roll footage from the remake of Mr. Deeds in 2002. How crazy. Here, what we're watching. Yeah, I don't think Sandman would leave the tri-state area to make a movie, right? <laughs> no. No. So this is all Mr. Deeds. Okay, I mean, I guess... it's over now. Now okay. we're into our film, Principal Shooting. This started in 2008, even though this movie didn't release till 2015. It was a mess making Tell me. this film. Tell me more. Well, I mean, they kept running out of money. You see, they started shooting in 2008. And the guy who provided the finance, who's a, who was a, who's a powerful man, but he was young to Hollywood, new to Hollywood, right. he claimed that the 2008 bubble, you know, like real estate bubble or whatever it was, the the um, uh, what is it, default credit swaps, whatever that was, yeah, the big short, right? So right, the big short uh, is fucking with their financing, and the producers had to take 50 percent pay cuts and stuff, and. Anyway, this thing didn't finally get done till released until 2010, and the director was like, "Screw it, I'm Alan Smithy for this film. I'm not even gonna." He's Alan credit. Smithy. Now, this is not just any old director, right? This is no. not like some guy who just came out of it. No, I mean, we, we're looking at the list of people starring in this movie, and it's a fucking motley crew of actors. That's right. This is a major motion picture. David O. Russell was David o. our Russell. director. David O. Russell. And I got a list here. Just tell you for the plot, though. We're meeting Alice, okay? Yeah. And Alice's mom is is uh, National Lampoon's vacation. Beverly D'Angelo? D'Angelo, yes. Yeah. And, and 
you know, the mom's proud. The mom and dad are proud of her. And this cop just came over and asked for her hand in marriage. Well, he, he, he knows them, right? Yes, they've been dating. This is... This is uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog, Sarah. It is Sonic the Hedgehog. This guy, you'll know his face. Is, it's, his James. hat is down right now. But it's Scott Beardsley. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, In James. real life, it's James Marston. Yeah. He's Harry Lane. You ever see uh, Anchorman 2? Yes. I'm Harry Lime. They made a bet that if he lost, he had to say his name was Harry Lane. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. I'm this actor. Uh, like, Harry Lane. At the first time I ever encountered him, I was like, well, he's just Mr. Handsome, so therefore Mr. he's walking Handsome. through stuff. But he's not. He's not walking through. I don't know if you ever sat through the TV show Westworld, but he has yes. such a vulnerability. Like, he seems like he, his heart is broken through every scene in that movie. He's it's a pretty, real actor. He really is. Yeah, and he's friends with Sonic the Hedgehog. How The man above been talking to me. He said he understands my view. He's always walking with me. Cause he sees what I've been through. When the world starts kicking me around, all in my face make me wanna put him down. Trying to earn, trying to learn, trying to love like a man. Sometimes it feels like it's out of my hands. Oh. I'm from the hood that's forever sinning. Well, life is too for granted. Here's who death is winning. Nothing but blues around. Ain't no Feel like brain. we losing now. Time to spend in this environment. Cause abuse a child. Crazy. Juvenile, I ran wild. I ran out of blessings. Been in and out of prison as an adolescent. My phone was getting it. Get this something said it's time to turn my life around. Redirect my hustle and go legitimate. Till I get corporate and invest fortunes. Uh -huh. With exec bosses sitting behind the desk at the office. But I'm left jobless. Nobody hiring ex-convicts. That don't mean I'm less conscious. It's so hard when they close doors. And when you looking like the so-called hip-hop, when you getting out. Stereotype, scar for life, stigma. But still a kid, gotta get it down. The man above been talking to me. He said he understands my He's always walking with me. Hear a voice saying stay focused. Fast money, cars, and bras will mislead you. Love backwards is evil, but illegal. Multitask, I make a fortune faster. Keep grinding to him, climbing up the corporate ladder. And in my community, you gotta go out of your way if you out to get paid. Then back up and wait for opportunity. I try not to blame society. 
I eat my pride cause I know deep inside it's me, but not entirely. When a man try to live righteously and propriety turn to anxiety. I thought I paid back the system when I stayed in prison. I did my job. I left the stripes, see what success is like. But the way they set the price. You spend your childhood in the wild hood, you in debt for life. The man above and talking to me. When I do right, I feel them walking with me. Right. So I'm adamant. Some call it arrogance. I can cope because I know I'm broke for having sense. Put my back's against the wall. It's getting rough to get a buck. In the job with a minimum wage. Won't get enough. Face with giving up. And my lady friend beefing ass ain't me. And we just an argument away from splitting up. It gets lonely. My fam disown me. Call me the black sheep because I act street. Yeah, it's that deep. I try to change. Click homies flipped on me because I don't have we have beef, but I'm at peace, so that cease. At least I ain't got no ties on my post rise. Ain't no time for no crime. Knowing the most highs, watching with a close side. Man above been talking to me. They say I'm from the hood. They said he understands, but that mean I'm not. He's always walking with me. They say I'm from the hood. Yo, yo, what's good? Airwaves of Mutiny Radio. This is MC Pause tapping in for Old Soul Radio. We're going to keep it pretty chill tonight. We're going to be hanging out. Shout out to Ugly Sundays for holding it down. The first block here on Sunday nights, Sunday evenings. <clears throat> um, we're going to play Hella Slaps. I brought some records. Um, brought a CD. Grand Pooba a CD that I found. I'm gonna check it out. And uh yeah. Go Warriors. Gotta get that record up. But um yeah, happy to be here with you guys. Um we got the final hour later on at eight o'clock, so make sure to stay tapped in all the way till ten. Um so but yeah, stay locked in here with us. At also radio, I'll be your DJ on the ones and twos. MC pause happening with you. Here we go. Cheer. Oh. Uh. 
dark verse, light, good verse, evil, man verse, woman, planet, earth, upheaval, Jew verse, Muslim, North Day, sword, blood verse, crib, everywhere, more, war, primitive man verse, civilized savage, one's a pope and the other one live, lavish, light skin verse, dark skin, east verse, west, blessed with balance, or you curse with stress, much success, I pray your life possess, but many are afraid to face life's truth, that's all, uh, spirit over flesh, all to make a manifest, the government oppressed the best and brightest, G-O-D, got a place inside of me, but it's church first state and they hate it when you're free. The opposition might rock your brain, the universal is a circle, everything soon change. The world never changed for me, it's the same in the place to be. The world never changed for me, it's the same in the place to be. I wish that we were them. Either hate or envy the lies that other people live. Contrast the hue and then you see the soul behind the skin. Take away the pew and see that they play like them. Maybe the cross and the Quran isn't so different. Maybe these lines are make believe and the opposite is pretend. Just a man made law with a flaw in that gem. Like your view is the truth and everyone else is sin. Get off it. Thinking that perspective is God sent. I'm from the city where they invented the mosh pit. And when I fell, my people, they pulled me up and told me you got a job to do. It's all part of the process. I needed a star before I could eat again. I needed addiction to learn what freedom is. Lost perspective, so I had to fix a lens to learn that a leader knows himself in the opposite. The world never changed for me. It's the same in the place to be. The world never changed for me. It's the same in the place to be. With someone I respect that I honestly have a deeper sense of admiration I'm activating my artistry to sacrifice style and show you a different part of me Pardon me when I part the sea with my verse Niggas selling they soul to hear me converse It's hard to bear when people pay me to share But I always put music and merit before commerce Bomb first like Pac in his day Like I'm rocking his J's Hock in your face, cocky display I'm lyrically polished, free of pockets of slaves I can raise Christopher Wallace from up out of his grave uh, so what's the opposite of real? If Oprah is a mammy, then Tyra's a Jezebel. For one, a man to diva, the seven to eight skeezers, the people begging for balance, but they tipping the scale. Oh, well. The world never changed for me. It's the same in the place to be. The world never changed for me. It's the same in the place to be.
friends close, enemies closer. Ace, no holsters for snakes and cobras. They smile on their face like they think they know you. I don't know that brother, he the type to stitch on his soldier. He was down with the whole scene, part of the whole thing. When he got caught, switched up on the whole team. I don't need friends, stick to PNC and be raw. When we mob, see how I'm reality. When I say put them up, just put them high. You say what you say to my face, look me in my eye. No matter who you are or who you are, it's always something to try to when I say put them up, just put them high. Uh, you say what you say to my face, look me in my eye. No matter who you are or who you are, there's always some nigga trying to assassinate your character. Man, a lot of dudes talk and betray that image. Only get sacked at the line of scrimmage. Always start something that they can't finish. Acting like it's all love, like a game of tennis. All the dudes paperwork, bang your name in the minutes. You know the type, running around like you straight up menace. That's the reason why I do dirt with no cold feet. So when the people ask the questions, you don't know me. I mean, I've seen it coming up. Do sell a soul. Just to get less time to come home parole. Wow. You know our fans like to make them threats for no bottom. When you let them see your sweat, they like, hmm, we got them. The prospect of never seeing your family again. Contemplating, will I be live again? Live it's too again. late. Once you cooperate with them, look that differently through the eyes of men. I'm a stand-up guy. When I say put them up, just put them high. Wow. Say what you say to my face. Look me in my eye. Uh. No matter who you are or who you are. Yeah. It's always some nigga try to assassinate I'm a scared guy When I say put him up, just put him high you Say what you say to my face, look me in my eye No matter who you are or who you are It's always some nigga try to assassinate your no names, write down no dates and times Soon as I hear a little glitch, I switch up my line, son I wash my hands with friends It's just a tight circle that I could call my mans And the bitches on the bullshit looking for a score Move out the old hood to become a new whore stay blinded by the pussy in the shine Instead of being focused and staying on the grind Loyalty don't kill you, the gun will. A lot of people playing that role, but none real. But you can recognize them by the look in their grill. You can smell fear on them like they look in the pill. You can tell these on them, you just look in the squill. Julian got knocked and he ain't look for a deal. One for the team is how you look at the field. The shit ain't hard to find when you look at the field. I'm a stand-up guy. When I say put them up, just put them high. You say what you say to my face, look me in my eye. No matter who you are or who you are, it's always some nigga trying to say. I'm a scab of a guy. When I say put him up, just put him high. Say what you say to my face, look me in my eye. No matter who you are or who you are, it's always some nigga trying to assassinate your character. But I disregarded detour signs and did not stop till you was mine. I guess God was like, I right, fine. Careful what you wish for, cause you just might get it in heat. Try to give it back and be like, no, nah, this yours to keep. So poetic, baby girl, you make it hard to sleep. My dream lover make it hard to sleep. I roll a little song roll about it. And she came with the same type game to hear a new friend that you was brand new Gucci friend. Big days, the big cat nightly explain. And she won't find the land, she make my journey insane. Come on, money's up. Have so bad, you think money's right? Fella, watch it, la la la. Take breaking 
bed work corridor. Man, see your touches a man you feel sorry for. Hustlers, bubblers, jugglers, sufferers. All wanna know what the name the phone number was. They spinning up the money like custom up the touch you up. Fuck it up, they turn it up. Hex them up, they burn it up. Some boy up, they turn it up. Trying to ride with a diamond like yo Looking pretty in the club Plus you love Mo Ass by the bag by the red man Hair rap Roman style Chunky that's how I like my back You were rose in the hood Smoked out of 89 We had him back You had a baby by Vine But that's irrelevant Bygones is bygones Calgon is Calgon Love it when you jump and go stars Stepping out of BBQs Remember when we licked the cream Out of Susie Q Spaghetti Jules The big word on the street you like Millie Jackson in the new Max Lick, carrying heat for stay over with a makeover. Billy Jean slash Dairy Queen fantasy is can I eat you on a swing? See it written all over my face. Daily news, big boat letters, front page, soft tower tape.
Libra, Leo, Cancer, Ralph, Charles, Paul, Larry. Description, baby. 